Hey, what's going on? This is Mike, and welcome back to another episode of the Victory Podcast, where God is the greatest power, and we are never defeated. I am excited to do this last installment of the Armor of God. As you've noticed, I have not posted in about a month. Um, I've been, you know, doing some things off the scene um, in my life. I took a vacation and I've also been, you know, definitely busy at work, you know, doing some things at home with the family and just generally uh, trying to keep my mind in a, a positive place. And so um, with that said, uh Today's episode is going to be about the sword of the spirit. And so I encourage you to sit back, relax, grab something to eat, something to drink, whatever you do when you listen to podcasts. If you're listening to this in your car, you know, just relax and enjoy the episode. Ephesians chapter six. Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. What is a sword? A sword is a weapon having various forms, but consisting typically of a long, straight or slightly curved blade, sharp edged on one or both sides, with one end pointed and the other fixed in a hilt or a handle. Are there swords being made today? The answer is simple, yes. Modern day swords definitely beat the majority of swords before the Iron Age. The swords made in Jesus' time were made typically of copper or bronze. The swords made today are made of iron or steel. So the swords made today um, definitely are stronger swords than the swords of Jesus' time, simply because they're made from much better steels and alloys than before. Now, in Christianity, the sword symbolizes protection, righteousness, and justice. When it comes to the armor of God, the Bible says in Ephesians 6 and 17 that the sword of the spirit is the word of God. So what does the Bible say about the word of God? Now, to fully understand the word of God, I'm going to have to take you on a little journey through John chapter one. And it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him 
and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. When we begin to look at the word of God and this light, we realize that the word of God was there in the beginning. The word of God had a functionality. The word of God made sure that whatever God's will was, it was carried out. It was executed to perfection. And we see in John chapter one that the word of God actually came down from heaven. And as it says in verse 14, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. So the first thing we must understand about the word of God is that it's simply Jesus Christ himself. Jesus is the word of God. He is the word of God that put on flesh, came down from his uh, comfy, cozy, uh, splendorous uh, place by the father's side to come down here on earth, live, work miracles, heal the sick, give sight to the blind, help the lame to walk. He was persecuted, talked about, ridiculed. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. He was laden with many stripes. He hung on a cross and he died, was buried for three days, and he rose again with all power in his hand. This is the word of God. When we look at what Jesus did, Jesus, uh, when God spoke and things were made, it was Jesus, the words of God that executed what God spoke and they came into existence. When we realize and understand this truth, we understand that when we believe in the word of God, when we speak the word of God, then whatever God's will is will manifest in our lives. And so for me, I tend to remind myself that God has made me the head and not the tail. He has made me above and not beneath. He has made me a lender and not a borrower. He has anointed me to be able to go and preach the gospel to every creature, to every nation. God has given me all power over all the power of the enemy through Jesus Christ. So when we begin to speak and believe the word of God, then the word of God will become manifest in our lives. God's will will be manifested 
in our lives. And you'll find yourself like me, not walking in depression anymore, but walking in victory. You'll find yourself not walking in anxiety, but walking in anticipation. You'll, you'll find yourself not walking in fear, but walking in courage and in love. And so this is the first thing that we must understand about the word of God. The second thing that we need to know about the word of God can be found in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, which reads, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So in the last segment, we dealt with how the word of God was Christ in the flesh. And so what we must understand is that with the word of God being Christ, it is faster, it is stronger, and it is sharper than any physical sword. Why? Well, it's pretty simple. While a physical sword can cut through the flesh, the sword of the spirit or the word of God is able to cut through the soul and the spirit and can discern the thoughts and intents of your heart. When we begin to break this down a little further and we look at the thoughts and intents of our heart. Your thoughts are basically um, what's on your mind. You know, it's the, the faculty of thinking, you know. So the word of God is able to, to discern what you're thinking. Whatever's on your mind, the word of God will bring it to the light. Now, with a physical sword, whenever there's a physical threat, the sword is able to combat that threat and eliminate that threat. When we put this in perspective in light of your thoughts, the sword of the spirit or the word of God is able to combat and eliminate evil and destructive thoughts that come into your mind. Now me, I, I frequently talk about my struggle with depression and whenever those thoughts of me not being good enough or, you know, um, me uh, not being able to do something or the fear or doubt or anxiety of something tries to creep in my mind, I have to combat those things with the word of God. I have to remind myself that I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. I have to remind myself that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I have to remind myself that I have overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony, as the Bible says. And so when our thoughts attack us, 
We must attack those negative, evil and destructive thoughts with the word of God. And when we talk about the intents of the heart, you know, your intentions are your why, your reason for doing something, your motive. And so the word of God is not only able to discern what's on your mind, but it's also able to discern your reason for doing something. It knows he knows whether you have good intentions or bad intentions, whether your intentions are self-serving or for the betterment of everybody. The word of God is somebody who will keep your thoughts and intents in check. So it is important that we are in the word of God daily. Read for comprehension, read for recreation, study to show yourself approved. You know, the word of God is the sword of the spirit. And how can we combat the forces of darkness if we do not familiarize ourselves with one of the greatest weapons that we have, the sword of the spirit? This short story is called The Struggles of Our Life. Once upon a time, a daughter complained to her father that her life was miserable and that she didn't know how she was going to make it. She was tired of fighting and struggling all the time. It seemed just as one problem was solved, another one soon followed. Her father, a chef, took her to the kitchen he filled three pots with water and placed each on a high fire. Once the three pots began to boil, he placed potatoes in one pot, eggs in the second pot, and ground coffee beans in the third pot. He then let them sit and boil without saying a word to his daughter. The daughter moaned and impatiently waited, wondering what he was doing. After 20 minutes, he turned off the burners. He took the potatoes out of the pot and placed them in a bowl. He pulled the eggs out and placed them in a bowl. And he ladled the coffee out and placed it in a cup. Turning to her, he asked, Daughter, what do you see? Potatoes, eggs, and coffee, she hastily replied. Look closer, he said, and touched the potatoes. She did and noted they were soft. He then asked her to take an egg and break it. After pulling off the shell, she observed the hard-boiled egg. Finally, he asked her to sip the coffee. Its rich aroma brought a smile to her face. Father, what does this mean? she asked. He then explained that the potatoes, the eggs, and coffee beans had each faced the same adversity, the boiling water. However, each one reacted differently. 
the potato went in strong, hard, and unrelenting. But in boiling water, it became soft and weak. The egg was fragile, with the thin outer shell protecting its liquid interior until it was put in the boiling water. Then the inside of the egg became hard. However, the ground coffee beans were unique. After they were exposed to the boiling water, they changed the water and created something new. Which one are you? He asked his daughter. When adversity knocks on your door, how do you respond? Are you a potato, an egg, or a coffee bean? In life, things happen around us. Things happen to us. But the only thing that truly matters is how you choose to react to it and what you make out of it. Life is all about learning, adopting, and converting all the struggles that we experience into something positive. When you put on the armor of God, you are specially equipped to do just that. Thank you so much for tuning in today to the Victory Podcast. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. Unfortunately, it's the last episode in this series about the Word of God. I truly pray that um, you, you gleaned something out of this series. You got something that you can apply to your life. Um, I encourage you continue to fight the good fight of faith. We are in a spiritual war, and it's important that we suit up with the armor of God every single day. We can't afford to walk out of our houses without the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the spirit, the helmet of salvation. You're having your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the sword of the spirit, your loin skirt about with truth. We cannot afford to be caught off guard by the forces of darkness. So I encourage you, suit up today. Suit up tomorrow. Make sure you're ready because the devil is cunning. He's crafty. He's sneaky. He's slick. But as long as you're in the word of God and you put on the armor every day, you'll be prepared for whatever comes your way. And so, with that said, until next time.